The Old Premeds Podcast, session number 143. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Got to stop at medical student first, though, and that's our job to get you into medical school, at least provide you the information that you can use to help improve your chances of getting into medical school. We take your questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med forms, also known as the old pre-meds forms over at medicalschoolhq.net slash forms. This week, we have a question about linkage programs with postbacs. Not something we've talked a lot about, so this will be a good one. Our poster today says, Hello, everyone. I'm a 34-year-old with a wife and three kids and hoping to someday become a physician. I'm applying to some postback programs right now, and I'm interested in skipping the glide year by participating in a linkage program. It seems like you have to be extraordinarily qualified in order to get into these programs. I just don't know if I even have a good shot at it. I have a 3.48 GPA and am volunteering in clinical research and non-medical settings weekly. There isn't much information out there about the application and selection process for these pro- uh, for these programs, so I'm hoping somebody here has some experience with them. Thanks. All right, so our question is really postbacks with linkage programs. How do you get into them? What are they? Uh, and and what? How do I improve my chances of getting into them? So let's first talk about linkage programs. So when you look at postback programs, and again, postback is post baccalaureate, uh, a program, a school, a class, whatever you take after you graduate from undergrad, post baccalaureate. So undergrad is baccalaureate. Once you finish your undergrad and you take more classes, then you are considered a postback. You can do them on your own as a do-it-yourself postback at any university, at a community college, wherever. Uh, you can do it online even, uh, although I don't recommend that. Uh, you can go do a special master's program, which is a master's level type postback. Some of these postbacks have linkages with medical schools, meaning if you go to that postback, if you maintain some sort of minimum standards, they will guarantee you a spot in medical school. Some are guaranteed interviews, some are guaranteed spots, depending on how well you do. Now, as far as I know, a lot of these programs aren't quote-unquote linkage postbacks, meaning if you get into that postback, it's an automatic linkage. Most of the programs out there have some sort of a relationship with one school or several schools, and you have to apply to that linkage once you are in the postback. So you need to get into the postback first, and you worry about the linkage second. Linkages are hard. They're hard because a lot of times you're applying to the linkage without much objective data to show to the medical school from your postback program. Because you are applying so early on into your postback program, you don't have a lot of grades back. You don't have a lot of information from that postback program. You may have a semester's worth of grades. That may be enough for you. So a lot of times postbacks work better for career changers because hopefully you have a track record of good grades already 
And now you just need to continue those good grades in science courses. And so you do a post-bac, you apply for a linkage, you apply for one of these linkage spots, and the medical school goes, oh yeah, you have a great undergrad GPA from your business degree. Now you are in a post-bac, you, you're maintaining a 3738 science GPA. You uh, have a conditional acceptance Assuming you take the MCAT and you get a good enough MCAT score, whatever it is, every linkage program is going to be a little bit different. So it's hard to talk in general uh, generalities about linkage programs because they're all going to be a little bit different with how they accept students, how they interview students, etc. So you have to just look at different postback programs. Don't worry. In my mind, and and granted, I'm on the other side of this. But in my mind, apply to a postback program because it fits you. Don't look at programs strictly because of linkage or non-linkage because you're limiting your options. And there's still typically no guarantees on the other end for that linkage unless you, you do as well as you can in your postback and you're maintaining all of those minimums. There's still no guarantees. You still need to perform well. Now, the student is saying they're trying to avoid that gap year, that glide year, by doing the postback, applying, having to take the year off before matriculation. That's typically called a glide year in the postback world. It's the same thing as a gap year. You got that, that extra year in there between when your postback ends and when medical school starts. So it's a year you can gain a lot more experience. You can do some research. You can do whatever you want in that year. I, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, I'm on this side of things, being 30, 34 years old and wanting to start this process as soon as possible. I can understand why this poster wants to start and, and do that as soon as possible. So as you are looking for programs, most postbacks are going to be super competitive. And then the postbacks that have these contracts with medical schools, these relationships, these linkage relationships, are typically going to be the better postbacks because the medical schools have faith that the postbacks are teaching the students, preparing the students properly to do well in medical school. And so those programs that historically have that reputation are going to be the harder programs to get into, which is why they're hard to get into. It's not necessarily just a linkage program. It's just they're hard to get into, which is uh, be because they're, they're popular, because they're good, because they're good. The medical schools have agreements with them for a linkage, and it's just a vicious cycle round and round and round and round. Hopefully that made sense. So apply to whatever postback is out there. A lot of them will have linkages. Again, it's never it's typically not guaranteed even if you get into one of these schools for that linkage. So just do your homework, figure out what's best for you. Don't stress about one extra year. I wouldn't waste uh, an application cycle to get into one of these programs that have a linkage. Right? If you if you're like, "Oh, crap, I didn't get in." I'll reapply next year for that linkage. Well, if you just went to a different postback that would also fit your needs and had the glide year on the other end, it all is a wash after all. So do the best you can, find programs, talk to the postback programs, look at what actually the linkage entails. Is it a guaranteed interview? Is it a guaranteed spot? What are the minimums required for that? A lot of these linkage programs, they have really, really high MCAT requirements. So it's like, whoa. Like, sure, I have a guaranteed seat if I get a 515 on my MCAT. I don't know if they're that high, but just 
be realistic with where you may be in this process. Hopefully that was helpful for you. If you have a question you want answered here on the old pre-meds podcast, go to medicalschoolhq.net slash forms or just medicalschoolhq.net. Click on forms. Go to the non-traditional pre-med form, also known as the old pre-meds form. Although we are not all old, it's just a fun name that uh, was started a long, long time ago, the awesome old pre-meds community that we're trying to keep alive here at medical school headquarters. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the old pre-meds podcast. (laughs) 